Don't underestimate what you can do in your life. Don't get stuck somewhere. Somebody asked me why I was successful in my career with no college degree. I said, because I left Ardmore, Oklahoma. I left. I moved to Washington. I went in the Army. I moved to New York, Paris, Chicago, L.A. I got out and found the world is different than it is in my little town in Ardmore, Oklahoma. Don't underestimate what you can do. Most people put a box around themselves. They underestimate what they can do. They need to raise their expectations. Welcome to Starve the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Joining us from Maui, Hawaii is Kamanzi Constable. Aloha, Kamanzi. Aloha, Jared. I feel like I should have like some kind of special thing every time you introduce me. So uh, maybe I'll learn some yeah. languages or something. <laughs> or or some kind of um, yeah, special music. And we have don't, another don't. good friend of ours, Jody Mayberry. Now, Jody is no stranger to the show. Jody's been on multiple times as a co-host. He's also the host of the Park Leaders podcast. And also the co-host of one of my favorite shows right now, or he's actually the host, I guess, of one of my favorite shows. That's the Creating Disney Magic podcast. Welcome, Jody. Thanks, Jared. I hear that I'm back because your listeners demanded it. (laughs) Well, we'll tell ourselves that. No, (laughs) the listeners love you, Jody, and we're thrilled to have you back. And of course, today, we're very fortunate to speak with Lee Cockrell. He's the former executive vice president of operations at Walt Disney World. Since retiring from Disney, Lee has become an author, consultant, public speaker, and teacher. Lee, we are ready to create magic. Welcome to the show. Yeah, great to be here. Okay, now, Lee, I got to warn you here. When we put people on the hot seat, we always ask them this one question. It's intended to be an icebreaker. It's kind of fun. I'm curious to hear your answer to this because we ask everyone the same question. The question is, what is the best concert that you have ever been to? Well, you know, I'm from Oklahoma, so I guess Willie Nelson. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great answer. Now, did he open with Whiskey River? I don't remember what he opened with, but my wife hated it. (laughs) (laughs) And we had to go through metal detectors, of course, but she didn't want to go. But when you're from Oklahoma, you got to go there. Hey, Lee, I got a friend out here in Maui who plays guitar, and he actually plays guitar in Willie Nelson's band. And he's always traveling. He's at South by Southwest. He's like all these places traveling to Willie Nelson. And he actually taught his sons how to play guitar. It's pretty cool. My brother says it's the only way to drink Jack Daniels is to listen to Willie. <laughs> <laughs> Lee, do you, are you musically inclined? Do you play any instruments? Are you kidding? No, my mother bought me a trombone when I was in the fifth grade and tried to get me to play it, and I hated it, and I was so short I couldn't reach the seventh slide. So I've still got the trombone, but I couldn't play anything except the radio. Yeah. Oh, you play the radio. Okay. (laughs) That sounds good. Lee, this next part of the show is true or false. So we will give you a true or false question. You reply with true or false, and then maybe tell us a little bit behind it. True or false, you hold hands with your day planner more often than you hold hands with your wife. (laughs) Yeah, my wife points that out to me too, by the way. Yeah. She says, You got your day planner in one hand, you got your Samsung Galaxy 5 in the other hand. And uh, so I'm learning to leave both in the car and hold hands with her. Sometimes I take the phone in, though, and I tell her I'm going to the bathroom. That's the way I can go look at it. <laughs> she, she wonders why I go to the bathroom so often. She doesn't know I'm in there looking at my phone. So uh, Jared, that's why I've been married for 46 years, you know. I got to be careful. Neither of you is friends with his wife on Facebook, are you? Because she might hear this. <laughs> My wife doesn't do Facebook. She uses mine, and uh, she threatened me recently. She said she's not going to leave me. So that's uh, good. All right, Lee, let's talk about this. Digital addiction is a big deal. So let's just bring this up. There's a lot of husbands that love to be on their phones, and their wives absolutely hate it. 
So aside from taking it to the restroom, what advice do you have that person who likes to be on the phone, but their wife doesn't like it? If your wife doesn't like it, I think I would put it away. <laughs> That's like, uh, there you go. Words you to know, live by there. My wife really doesn't care when I'm sitting at home and I'm looking at it every two minutes. She doesn't mind. And um, a lot of it's business and a lot of it's keeping up with people who want to send me a note or order a book or something. And so she's pretty good about it. She just doesn't like it when I'm supposed to be focused on her, which is in a restaurant and definitely never driving. I never, I've really gotten good at not using it in the car. And if I do use it in the car, I let her drive. And that's really productive. And then I don't know, that way you don't get help driving and you can get some work done. And uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I would say be careful about it because, you know, it's not only that. Most men don't pay attention to anything. And if you're watching TV and she's trying to talk to you, I'd say turn the TV off and listen to her and then go back to the TV because, uh, yeah, you're going to have a problem. Focus is a big problem today of listening to people, paying attention, being respectful. And uh, I think about that a lot because I think it's getting worse, frankly. I think it's really getting worse. My, I see it with my grandkids. I mean, they are, we really have to snap, too. They have to put all their phones in a basket before dinner, and they go sent to another room, the phones. So um, a lot of new habits we need to get. So, Lee, another, here's another true and false for you, Lee. Being a copycat is cheating. Yeah, here, I'd say that's false. I tell people, you know, there's not any new ideas, really. Go out there and find out who's doing it really good, and then come back and improve what they're doing and put it in your business. And uh, that's a good way to learn. It's a good way to quick. It's a good way to not make mistakes. Go find a guy that does it already better than you do, and then add some more to it, and then implement it. And uh, that's uh, a way to get better. I mean, it's just like anything you do in life, uh, whether it's a website or a podcast. You know, if you want a great website, go and look for the best ones and then uh, have your guide design one for you that looks exactly the way you want it to look. And it may be you're getting ideas from two or three websites and using a little copycat here, a little copycat there, a little copycat here. And so, yeah, I mean, that's life. It's uh, something you need to barely be thinking about. There's great ideas out there and you don't need to think them all up. I think you hit on something important, though. It's okay to definitely look look at somebody who's doing something that you want to do, but add your own spin to it. Absolutely. You know, I was telling somebody the other day, if somebody's got a store and all the competitors are opening at 7 in the morning and you open at 6, if they're closing at 5, you stay open until 6.30. If they don't deliver, you deliver. Find out what they're doing and then add all the uh, good stuff to it to make yours just stand out. Lee, let's do a finish this sentence. We'll give you the beginning of a sentence if you'd be willing to complete it. And the the sentence is, if you visit Disney World for the first time, you should. Well, I would say you should spend at least a week. (laughs) You should not (laughs) over-program yourself. Most people decide to do twice as much as they're actually able to do. I would say get up in the morning, go to the parks, have a good time, come back to your hotel, rest, take a nap, and then go back in the evening when it's cooler and the lights are on. It's pretty, uh, pace yourself because uh, it's like my wife and I once, we went to seven countries in three weeks in Europe. It was like the worst trip we've ever been on. And uh, now we go on one place and we stay there for two or three weeks. And so I would say don't over uh, schedule yourself. Most people do that. And then they don't, they end up not having fun because they're tired and they don't get enough rest and they don't get enough breaks and the kids are screaming and crying and going on. So pace yourself. Lee, Jared mentioned at the top of the show that you recently became a podcaster with the release of Creating Disney Magic. So tell us so far, how do you like being a podcaster? 
First, I love it, and I always wanted a podcast, and people always were asking me to do a podcast, and I was going like, no, I'm not taking on anything. I don't even know how to do it, you know, and then Jody and I connected, and, you know, I think that's just another good example. Connect with people who know what they're doing and let them do what they do best, and you do what you do best, and it makes a good partnership, so I like it. I think the messages are strong. Uh, Jody does a good job of keeping them down to about 15 minutes because that's about all anybody can focus anymore. And they're educational. And hopefully people listen to them and they learn some things that they didn't know before. And if you can get 15 minutes and learn something, that's a pretty good deal. And it makes me feel good, too, because I hear from people saying, I really loved it. And I learned that. And I never thought about it that way till I heard you say that. And uh, so, yeah, it's great. Yeah. So, Lee, your new book is called Time Management Magic. Very cool title. How to get more done every day and move from surviving to thriving. Your first book was about leadership. Your second book was about customer service. So I have a two-part question here, Lee. How did you decide to make your third book about time management? And you're the author of three books now. Could you talk to us a little bit about like your writing routine and habits? Yeah, sure. Well, first, I decided on time management because I took a time management class uh, 35 years ago, and I've been teaching that course for, I probably taught it to over 100,000 people, how to get more organized and get things done, because I will tell you, at the end of the day, it's probably the most important thing you need to learn to do, because where you spend your time will be a direct result of how well your life comes out, every part of it. Your health, if you don't spend time taking care of your health, you're not going to be healthy. If you don't take time to spend time taking care of your family, you're not going to have a family together. You're going to end up in a divorce. If you don't take care of your finances, you're going to have a lot of regrets when you're older and can't retire. So I think uh, really time management is something that needed to be taught because people don't learn it in high school or college. I don't know why schools don't teach this. They don't teach kids how to set priorities and think about what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing, where you should spend your time and where you shouldn't spend your time, and to really evaluate how you spend your time. You know, we spend our money and we spend our time. And I tell you, if you spend your time wisely, you get great value out of it. And if you spend your money wisely, it builds up and you have great value out of it. It's two things. But good thing about time is we all have the same 168 hours. That's what's great. Nobody has any more than anybody else. So we're all on a level playing field. And, you know, somebody said, why could Einstein get so much done in 168 hours and other people can't get anything done? Well, it's because they're not thinking about it. It's a subject that really needs to be thought about. So that's why I focused on it. Now, writing books is I am very... Uh, I like routine. So when I decide to do something, like I wrote my first book, second book, third book, I get up, I go to Starbucks in the morning, I read the New York Times or Wall Street Journal for about an hour, meet with people there if they want to meet with me, have my coffee. I come home and I write every morning from 8 to 10 or 10.30. That's about it because you have brain damage after that. And you write and you write and you write. And if you do that and you're on, you know, you'll be done. You'll have a book in three or four months. And the biggest problem publishers are having today is we, they can't get the authors to finish the book because they're so undisciplined and they're suing them because they've given them advances already for the book and they're not delivering it. You get about a year after you sign the contract. And I'm very compulsive and I'm very organized and I schedule the things that are important in my life. So I write every morning. Now, Time Management Magic, we rent a house in Carmel, California every summer for the month of June. I wrote that book in June. I got up every morning while everybody else was sleeping. And I told him to stay in bed so I could get my book written. And I got it written and I got it done. Then I turned it over to a professional writer to edit it and to really make sure all the commas and the capital letters were in the right place. And, um, and then I found a great uh, publisher in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I self-published this one. 
the first two are published by Random House. And I went ahead and self-published this because I got a big enough following now and you make a lot more money when you self-publish. So, uh, yeah, that's how I do it. And I think it's like anything. If something's important to you, you need to schedule it. And I tell people, you ought to schedule the biggest problem in your life every day till it goes away, till you fix it. Or the biggest business problem you have, work on the biggest, the hardest ones every day until they go away. You know, the problem is people work on easy stuff. When you work on easy stuff, life gets harder. When you work on hard stuff, life gets easier. It's a simple concept. People say, why don't people work on the hard things? I say, why? Because it's hard. People don't want to do hard stuff. They want to lay on the couch. They don't want to exercise. They want to eat too much. They don't want to save their money. They want to spend it. They don't want to, you know, those are easy. It's easy to do easy stuff, but it doesn't pay off. Then you end up with lots of regrets. And so this time management book is really hits that hard. It really is in your face about, okay, what are you going to do about it? You're unhappy with these parts of your life? What are you going to do about it? You're going to sit around and complain? Or are you going to get up in the morning and start doing something about it? And so that's kind of the whole concept around the books. Lee, I've heard Jody Mayberry talk about a quote from his granny where she says, if you wait to the last minute, it only takes a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now your your book probably wouldn't encourage that mindset. I would say then you're going to have a unusual quality in some things you try to do. So, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do that. A lot of people wait till Christmas Eve to do their shopping. They wait till the morning of Valentine's Day to try to get a reservation in a restaurant, and they are surprised they can't do it. The smart people made their reservations for Valentine's Day three months ago. They got a table. And uh, you just got to think about all the disappointments people have because they just don't quite get around <laughs> to doing what they need to be doing. So, uh Yeah, it comes back to bite you, and it bites you hard, just like a mad, bad dog. All right, so Lee, you've mentioned several ways that time management has had an impact on your life. Is there any others that you'd like to share? Well, I think it's had a big impact on my health. I really scheduled that first. I uh, have a trainer. I work out with weights twice a week with a trainer who makes sure I don't get hurt. I build bone density because I don't want to fall and break a hip. You know, you talk about the things you do now pay off later. I'm stronger now than I was when I was 20. I walk every day. I get a lot of exercise. I'm healthy. I weigh exactly the same as I did when I was 20 years old because I pay attention to these things. So, And that's scheduled. I schedule those. I don't just work out when I feel like it. <laughs> I have my scheduled weight training at 9 o'clock on Tuesdays and Fridays. I make those appointments, and next thing you know, you got better health. I make all my doctor's appointments annually for the ones in the – I schedule them the minute I walk out of the office for – you know, uh, January 15th, I schedule it for next January, right while I'm there. I put it everything in my calendar so it comes up when it's supposed to come up. And uh, people need to start to learn to use a planner or their phone to schedule and set things up so they're where they're supposed to be. And, they, and you don't go in and the doctor says, I wish you to come in earlier. We could have cured this. You haven't been here in three years. You haven't been here in four years. And that's really when you think about time management. If you don't do the right things, they can come back and haunt you pretty badly. Lee, there could be somebody that's hearing your message and saying, okay, I need to start to get things under control. If someone wants to get more done, what is the first thing they can do? Well, I think, you know, a lot of people know what they should be doing. You've got to really come to the decision that you really do want to do it. You really do want to fix your health. You really do want to fix your relationship, maybe with your wife or husband or children. You really do want to start getting your act together because a lot of people I'm not sure they really want to do it, That making that commitment, because these things are hard. So I would say, in fact, I'd tell people to read the book. 
because it's going to give you some perspective that you don't have right now. A lot of people think it's hopeless. It's not hopeless. It's just a course like anything else. You got to learn how to do it and get yourself a planner, get yourself a system and wake up in the morning and think about the five things you want to get done today and make a list and go about getting them done and check them off. And next thing you know, you're going to start to have more self-esteem and self-confidence because you're going to feel good when you start to check these things off. Done, 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 done. And your life's going to turn out better. I think I tell people, schedule the most important things in your life. Schedule your priorities. If you schedule your priorities every day, you're going to have a pretty good life. And if you just hope things work out or pray things work out or wish things work out, you're going to have a lot of disappointment. So you got to get started, but you got to learn the system. So I would say whatever the book costs, you know, buy it. And then you can read it, study it, and then sell it to somebody else. <laughs> and if it doesn't help you, call me and I'll buy it back from you. Oh, wow. So, Lee, I'm going to ask you a question, though, that I got to be honest. I'm guilty of this. Okay. So what would you say to somebody who feels like they're too busy to take on more responsibility? And you're definitely going to be talking to me on this one. Well, you're probably got to go through and list all the things you're doing and get rid of some of them. Is the new responsibility more important and of more value to you and your family and your health and your finances than some of the things you're doing now? It's like life. I say no a lot. People invite me to dinner every night. I say, no, I need my rest. I'm not going out to dinner. And, uh, you know, you got to decide where you spend it. And then you got to make sure you got the right people around you, the right contract. You know, you got to have the right finance guy taking care of, the right tax accountant. Have people doing what they do best, leaving you time to do what you do best. And uh, don't try to do everything. You got to come up with the three or four things that are the most important in your life. And I would say contributing to your family life, that they contribute to your health. They contribute to your finances in a way that'll make you happy when you get to be 65, 70 years old and you can have a nice, comfortable life and not wish you had done a bunch of things because you were too busy doing other things. You didn't pay any attention to the most important things. There's an old story about a girl where she said to her dad, I, boy, I wish I'd have been a doctor, dad. And he said, well, why don't you go be a doctor? She said, it would take me 10 years. I'm already 30 years old. I'd be 40 before I finish. And she, he said, well, you're going to be 40 anyway. So you might as well get with it. And you know what? Yeah, you're going to wow. another year's going to go by and you can decide to either fix something or you can decide to let it go. And I guarantee you, if you don't pay attention to it, it'll get worse. And there's a bunch of stuff you do in your life. It doesn't even matter. Nobody cares. Nobody knows. You're the only person that knows about it anyway. So if you don't do it, who cares? So, um, so you got to figure out why you're doing things and why you're not doing certain things. Yeah. Jody Lee is giving me confidence. I'm not coming to your house for dinner. <laughs> I would say go ahead and have Jody bring the dinner over to you so at least you get the food. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> that's a better strategy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh in a weird way, that's a good transition. My mother makes the best dinner, so let's ask a question about mothers. Yeah. All right, Lee. How is being a leader like being a mother? You know what I like about mothers? I'm gonna write a book called Manage Like a Mother. Because I th- two things about mother. Mothers don't care if you're happy. They care if you're successful. So they don't mind having the hard discussions with you. They don't mind telling you they love you. They don't mind giving you sympathy. And they don't mind kicking your little rear end when it needs to be kicked. And that's how you have to think about being a leader. Mothers do it because they worry about you, not about themselves. And fathers are busy. They're traveling and doing all kinds of things. But moms are, are special people. And uh, mothers are tough. And you got to be tough to be a leader. And mothers are tough. And tough mothers end up with very successful kids and mothers who are not tough and let their kids run around and do whatever they want end up having to go visit their kids in prison and rehab and get them a lawyer. So manage like a mother. 
and uh, all of a sudden your business will get better and people will trust you. We all trust our mother, you know? At the end of the day, we trust our mother, even when she's tough, when she's on our case, when she's pushing us hard, when she's unhappy about something we're doing, we all still love our mother. <laughs> so that's how I think about it. Any doubt, just ask, would your mother be happy with the decision you're making? And you'll figure it out. Yeah, you'll know. That's, she wouldn't do that. Here's what she'd tell me to do. Just ask your mom if you ever have a business problem. She'll tell you what to do. Lee, since we started doing the Creating Disney Magic podcast together, I have gotten tremendous feedback from people. And a lot of it have been from people that either work at Disney or have worked at Disney. And they just love it. They just glow about working for Disney. And Disney employees are called cast members. Why are cast members so loyal to Disney? Well, I think we have the formula and any company could do the same as we do. We have high expectations, number one. And the things we do to be so great is we hire great people. We're very careful who we hire. We have a good system. We know how to interview properly. Our people are all trained how to interview, what questions to ask, what to listen for. Look for people who can overcome obstacles because you have a lot of them every day when you deal with customers, people who are passionate, and then we can teach them the skill level they need. After you get the right people hired, you train them, you test them, and you enforce the training. I tell people all the time, train your people. Test them to make sure that learning took place, and then make sure management is enforcing it. Don't close your eye to your policies, procedures, operating guidelines. As Southwest said once, there's a best way to land a plane. Let's land it that way. Let's don't everybody run around doing whatever they want. That's the way you have problems. And I think there's a best way to do things, and Disney looks for the best way, and then we do it that way. And last, we create a good culture. I mean, our management treats people respectfully. We have 7,000 managers at Disney World, and we focus on creating a culture where all 70,000 cast members wake up in the morning and are excited to come to work, not because they have to, because they want to, because they're proud of where they work and how they're treated and have opportunity and get promoted and training and development and all those things. And it's a place where everybody matters and they know they matter. That's the thing I tell people that make sure everybody in your organization matters. And the best way to make sure people know they matter, tell them. As my wife said, if you love me, tell me. If you respect your people, tell them. If you're happy with their performance, tell them. It's the fuel that drives human performance, and we don't use it enough. And that's the key. Hire great people, train them, hold them accountable, enforce the training, and then create a culture that makes them excited about coming in. And where they feel, whether you're cleaning bathrooms or you're an executive, you feel like you matter. And uh, that's the key. And if you go to Disney World, you'll see that. The chances you're running into a rude cast member at Disney is almost zero. We call it the happiest place on earth or else. I mean, it's like... We are clear, like your mother. Your mother says, you know, you think you're going to go out looking like that? Did you ever hear the things mothers say? Would you go back in your room and clean that place up? What do you think you're doing? That's the way we're at Disney. It's the happiest place on earth or else. <laughs> so <laughs> you don't have to be happy to work at Disney. You have to act happy for eight hours. So that's how we think about it. You got to perform. <laughs> we're putting on a show. begin to wrap up here. Who is doing something right now that interests you? Well, you know, I started with this Thrive 15, which really interested me. And the reason it is uh, this Thrive 15 uh, website is it's training. And and I'm really getting quite excited about where I think education is going to go. I think, you know, in 10 years, every kid can go to college because it's going to be online. It's going to be free. I think this is going to be and the kids are going to be very comfortable going online and learning. And I think this is pretty exciting. So I like this podcast. This is learning online. 
And uh, if you can get the video part of it, you can show them and all of a sudden videos that show you how to do things in the classroom. Pretty exciting. Wouldn't it be great if every kid in America could go to college and they could go at their own pace? They could already be taking college classes while they're juniors and seniors in high school or even ninth grade. They could be taking classes. We underestimate how early kids learn. So I love that whole focus about how do we educate everybody? Because when we do that, we're going to have a lot less violence in the world. You know, the reason we have all this violence now is people have no hope. When you have no education, you have no hope and you think there's no future. What do people often turn to crime or or to violence? And uh, we've got to give people a better chance. And it's going to be through education, frankly, in my opinion. So, Lee, what is the best place for the listeners to pick up the copy of your new book and stay connected with you online? You can go to my website, www.leecockerell.com, and everything's on there. My books are on there. There's a free blog with 500 posts for how to be a better leader, better manager. There's some of the best podcasts in the world on there. (laughs) (laughs) I have this guy, Jody Mayberry. He does an incredible job. And uh, my seminars are on there. I have an app that gives advice every day. You can punch the app, and it'll tell you what you ought to focus on today. There's 200 ideas on there. It's through uh, iPhone or Android. Everything's on the website. And then I think people can look at Thrive 15 if they're interested in taking a shot at trying it for a month for free by putting the code in MAGIC, the promotion code. And, uh, and they can find my contact information if somebody wants to send me a note and ask me a question. I get a lot of questions from people because I don't work for a big company. I can tell them the truth. Mm. <laughs> I'm not in HR. I don't have to be careful. I just tell them the truth. And they like that. They don't always like it. but (laughs) It's like you don't like it when your mother tells you what to do when you're 14 or 15, but it's the best thing for you. So I love telling people. I mean, they'll ask me, a guy asked me the other day, how do you teach people common sense? I said, what? Jody asked me that question. Some caller called. I said, first, you don't. In fact, most people have common sense. We just don't let them use it. We have rules, regulations, policies. We give them no authority. We won't let them make a decision. Then we wonder why they don't take care of the customer. A lot of that, we're, we are the barrier. So well, there's a lot of questions out there that have simple answers that people are looking for an answer that's not even true. So um, there's more common sense than you think out there if we'll let people do it. So, yeah. So that's all I know. <laughs> Lee, do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? I would just say the final thought I tell everybody, don't underestimate what you can do in your life. Don't get stuck somewhere. Somebody asked me why I was successful in my career with no college degree. I said, because I left Ardmore, Oklahoma. I left. I moved to Washington. I went in the Army. I moved to New York, Paris, Chicago, L.A. I got out and found the world is different than it is in my little town in Ardmore, Oklahoma. And I would say, get out. Go take risks. If you're young, go take risks for sure. You know, so you screw up. You move to L.A. and you can't get a job. And you find, so you go back to where you were. But don't sit back and wish you had done something. It's like when Disney offered me the job to go to Paris. My wife said, let's go, Lee. She said, let's don't have regrets. We could have lived in Paris, worked for Disney, and they're going to pay you. If you get fired there, we'll find another job. So that's how I think about it. We moved 11 times. We don't hang around. And uh, we go where the opportunities are and, and stay close to our family. And uh, that's don't underestimate what you can do. Most people put a box around themselves. They underestimate what they can do. They need to raise their expectations. There you go. Go do it. 
Well, Lee, we really appreciate that good word. We're excited about time management magic, and we appreciate you investing in the younger generation to help people, uh, whether it's referring them to Thrive 15 or just sharing your resources. So best wishes to you in the book launch and also with the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you doing this. Thanks a lot. Y'all take care. work on the hardest ones every day until they go away. You know, the problem is people work on easy stuff. When you work on easy stuff, life gets harder. When you work on hard stuff, life gets easier.